You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com, thelaughbutton.com. You can download this podcast from iTunes. Yes. Anywhere. Any, well, I mean, you can't download it from a tree unless, of course, you have a computer in the well, tree. The, any, well, you also can't get us on Pornhub. <laughs> well, who knows? Yeah, this is very true. Who knows? If you Google semen, it might show up there. <laughs> This is very true. You, you Google your last name, you might show up on Pornhub. But you know what's funny about Pornhub is... Uh, what? What's funny about Pornhub? Two Matt? things, actually. Well, the funny, the thing that popped in my head about Pornhub um, was at one point the first episode of Seinfeld was available on Pornhub. You couldn't <laughs> find it anywhere, but Pornhub apparently posted it. Someone posted it on Pornhub. Because no one's looking there. Great place to hide it. I guess so. So great place um, to hide it. I have to admit, I went and watched the first episode of Seinfeld on Pornhub once. I mean, I've been to Pornhub before, sure. but like that was for legitimate. Well, of course you have. That's the research. Hub. It's the hub for porn. Yeah, and Seinfeld you're, first episode. You're going there. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. was my Jerry Seinfeld line. It was, of course, you're going there. It's the, the hub, hub of porn. For porn. Okay. All right, he's I Matt Kleinschmidt. Yeah, he's Matt Kleinschmidt. I'm Mark Seaman. Again, this is the Lap Button we are podcast. Button, yeah. And uh, yeah, download us, rate us, review us, subscribe, tell your friends about well, it. Well, if they're listening, hopefully they've already subscribed, but tell your friends, yeah. review, all that stuff. Also, follow us anywhere you want at the Lap Button. That could be on Twitter, on Instagram. And you can even follow us locally, and by locally, I mean us personally, <laughs> at Mark Says Hi, at I Am Kleinschmidt. <laughs> that might be our handle on Pornhub. <laughs> Quite possibly, if you want to find out what Matt's okay, been enjoying we're on going, Pornhub. We're going, we're going down a dark road, or a road that might not be too much TMI for a podcast, but who really share, like, okay, we've all been to The porn shareability site. on a porn share, site? There's share features on porn sites. Dude, you got friends. Who's, who's... T- Facebooking, maybe you're friends with someone seen on these sites. Maybe you're friends with someone, Matt. Maybe you're friends with someone that you met through porn, and you're you're like, oh hey, caught this great clip of so and so's appearance on blah blah blah, (laughs) just like we do with so and so's appearance on Conan. Really? Sure. Like, like, I look at, I see those social, I see those social things. I'm like, who is clicking share? Let's look up right now. Uh, who's who's sharing that stuff? You want to look at uh, Twitter? But Let's like, look well, up Twitter. Well, uh, well, first they of must all, have a Twitter handle. Right? First of all, I would imagine that you can't actually share it on Facebook because you're, it shows boobs and other stuff. Oh, I think so it's, it's just you're just sharing links. So I mean, it's a I, violation of, of Facebook's terms of agreement. Twitter, you can show boobs and stuff, but like, who is actually clicking on that? Who who is on Matt. social media? Is followed by their mother is sharing links to porn scenes. I've, that's always baffled my mind when I've seen those. Other director, uh, other directors of porn. Sharing, like, it with dude, other check it out. There's this new up and comer. You, you got to see his work. Copy and paste the link and email to somebody. I'm sorry. Do not share it with your but friends on Facebook. That's how it gets sent to spam. Oh, also, yeah. uh, I feel so bad because. Our, our podcast guest this week, she's such a sweetheart. And here and we're we are. talking about porn? Front loading All right, this we'll, podcast. We'll stop talking about porn. Porn talk. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Who knows? It's Maybe important. I'll just this edit it all out. This, this is an important discussion, Mark. 
Look, she's such a sweetheart, and I just saw her again uh, at the Upfronts for Turner, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andre Vermeulen, who's one of the stars of Angie Tribeca mm-hmm. on TBS, is joining us. Coming back for season two, baby. Coming back, season two. This is one of my favorite things that's happening in television right now. It's a good show. I am obsessed with Angie Tribeca. I grew up on this kind of comedy. Very absurdist, very naked gun Very naked gun, poli- yes. files from Police Squad, yes. and, that, and that was... That was how I was raised on comedy when I got into comedy. Yeah. So this has been missing for a long, long time, I feel like, from comedy. Mm-hmm. Because it got degraded so much to the point where it was just, now we're just saying we're making a parody of something and putting it into a movie and it doesn't work anymore. And it's a, not even good. That's a really great point to bring up. Like You, gotta, you have classic movies like the Naked Gun movies and Airplane, Airplane Hot Shots. And like what, like, I think Hot Shots is the yeah, cutoff. That was kind of like the tipping point yep. because then it became... Your scary movies, your Meet the Spartans, and, and they have funny moments. But, they do, but, but I but think by the time you meet the Spartans, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's there's zero funny in that movie, and it's just hey, look, I'm gonna walk out, and I'm well, gonna look like I a think, Spartan. I think it's because like uh, the Zucker Brothers are a great bench pole, benchmark mm-hmm. for this, and the Zucker Brothers, I want to say, did the first couple scary movies, then it got taken over by I want to say Marlon Wayans or the Wayans family started taking those over, but like the Zuckers. What was so great about Airplane was the script was literally a script for another movie they took and just added funny parts to. So it's funny parts in a very straightly played movie. Right. And that's why Naked Gun... Yeah, like everyone's playing a straight man. Everyone's playing a straight man. They just deliver funny moments and you're like, holy shit, that's hilarious because... It does. You don't come at it from a comedy point of view. You came at it from a hey, let's just add this this funny thing to it. And like I think right. that's why airplane works so well. That's why the naked guns work so well. Is you're 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 not you were one hundred percent serious about delivering a line mm-hmm. like Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Right. You know, like and it's just like and they on some of the actors had really tough time with that because they were dramatic actors. Leslie Nielsen was a dramatic Super actor. Super dramatic. Great looking guy when he was younger yeah, too. You ever see a, that he, dude when he was, he was younger? Some dude. Dramatic actor but like had to deliver like these really kind of like left to center mm-hmm. lines. I think that's what worked. And I think as those parodies grew longer in the tooth like that kind of disappeared. Yeah, it, it became more about what are we making for or, or what are we visual, trying to make fun of. Or the yeah. visual mockery of like whatever And again, is, so. there's pockets of yeah. funny parts like yeah, yeah. like take mafia for example there's yeah. a couple funny scenes in there there's some great gags but but it's just it you're getting into cheeseville yeah, yeah. well here's the thing about angie angie tribeca it's coming it's full it's, circle it's full circle yeah, yeah. it's back it's amazing everyone's playing the straight man no one is is going off the end no one's running around in a clown suit going yeah. look at me look at me they're like no we're dead serious we're we're, we're yeah. police people you're a detective uh, this person also works on the force and we're selling it as if this is just mm-hmm. this is really happening yeah, yeah. and they do it so well everyone is so good so with all that drawn out and I'm glad because of what we were previously talking about yeah. I can now bring up Andre uh, Vermeulen who yeah. plays uh, Dr. Scholes uh, on uh, Angie Tribeca and she's awesome she's been in the comedy game for a long time performing all over the place in LA mm-hmm. and and she found a sweet spot with uh, Angie Tribeca so I'm, I'm stoked we're finally going to get to air this because this was something I taped when I was out in LA uh, a handful of months ago and I just saw her at the TBS upfronts and she was like Mark Mark oh my god it's good to see you dude what happened to the podcast it never aired we're waiting for the new season baby waiting for the new season I didn't want to just up. yeah I didn't want to just throw it out there so so Andre uh, this one's literally for you 
Um, so she'll be appearing in just a little bit here. That's great, um, man. Speaking of movies. Yeah, what do you got? All right. I uh, recently was hanging with my friends from Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Matt and Gray. Uh, love those two. They're two of my favorite people on earth. They come to New York. We go get hammered and have a great time. And we got on the topic of the new Ghostbusters movie. This has been, this has been a hot button topic on the internet too. This, like, like, this has gone beyond just I, being a hot button. Topic. But it I is, also think it's a very vocal minority. I, I honestly think that. I think a very vocal minority is out there, kind of talking smack about this. But that vocal minority is the same minority that I believe this movie is supposed to cater to. I don't know, man. Right? Like, I don't know. Like, well, for the record, for the record, go, let's just kind of like set the story up. The ghost, the first Ghostbusters trailer was released, and it went down as it got it made the top ten or the most disliked video. It was the number one, the number one disliked video on YouTube of all time, and there's been millions of speculations there's been thought pieces about why it's sexist there's been thought pieces about why it's just a bad movie is it sexist because it's an all-female cast is it because it was a reboot or perceived as a reboot right all these crazy speculations it's not really a reboot it's supposed to be its own thing. it is and that was actually one of the the problems one of the problems with the first trailer a lot of people had was melissa mccarthy herself went on record saying this isn't a sequel this isn't like a continuation of the same story but the first thing you see in that new trailer is 30 years ago that this happened. So it's like... Also, it's on the that first tip... Thing, but also what I think Melissa McCarthy was trying to say is, first of all, it, people that make trailers aren't always the same people involved in the movies. It's sometimes outsourced to someone sure. else. So like, they, she was like, this new trailer needs to be recut. But I think the other thing people were, were viewing it as a, for a remake was, you know, it's three people... You know, there's there's the charismatic front man. There's the nerdy person. There's the uh, the somewhat uh, there's there's a black person. It's like they kind of fit into the same stereotypes as like the original four Ghostbusters, sure, without a doubt. And so the, I think a lot the of the black were, person isn't on the team in the beginning. Yeah, they get introduced. You know, so it's so I think a lot of standing on train tracks, dude. There's so many. You know, there's the there's the car which happens to be a hearse as well. So like I I think it's it's one of the situations where you're kind of damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I also think that. That people, I, I have a very similar problem when I see like a Star Wars. I'm like, oh my god, they're making another Star Wars. It's going to be awesome. And it's like that's not for you. Like, there's movies that were made in your formative years, and the Ghostbusters movie I saw hundreds of times hundreds. from like, hundreds. Like, I remember as a kid, I would go to my grandparents' house just to hang out for the day, and the, and he had Ghostbusters on VHS and a big pop up pudding Ghostbusters. Great looking watch box, Ghostbusters. by the way. The VHS. Oh, yeah, yeah. So box like, was there is 100 that nostalgia part of it. And obviously, Hollywood is clearly on a nostalgia kick right now where everything's a remake, reboot, superhero movie, whatever it is. Um, and it's kind of like, in certain ways, it's kind of uh, intellectually bankrupt as far as like, just new and fresh ideas. But So you know what you do, Matt? You don't do it. If you're damned if you don't, damned if you do, don't do it. But I don't, but I don't think that's the case. I think... Like I look at my, like my nieces, and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm glad there's a Star Wars where there's a chick who can who's badass and beating people's butts with a lightsaber. Because I have a niece that loves Star Wars, yeah, and I know that like you have someone like Ray who it's like awesome. So here, here's, I grew up loving hold Ghostbusters. Hold on for a stop and right I'm there. like, that's okay. I'm t- I'm t- stop right there. Yeah, you're comparing the Star Wars universe and franchise yeah. to Ghostbusters. Okay, uncomparable. All right. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Even if you like them the same. No, no, Hold the on, the two to, okay. the two universes are so one hundred percent not even on the same level. Number okay. two, I also want my nieces to yeah. have movie 
have movies where they can be inspired and have a ray or, yeah, or yeah. have four good but yeah. just make another original concept that has that that has what you but want I, but, but, the, but the problem is you don't is, have to place it into what I loved as a kid but the problem kid. is those movies aren't getting greenlit those movies are not getting greenlit per, disagree perfect example Bridesmaids Shane? The Heat Everything else Paul Feig has touched is literally been greenlit, and it's exactly that idea. Yeah, I and guess he's so. showcasing those people. I guess so. But I, I also, but here's a great example: Shane Black, who directed Iron Man three, criminally underrated movie that he did in 2004, 2005, called uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey Jr. It's great, and Vince Vaughn. And uh, uh, people Val love Kilmer. that movie. Just not everyone knows. But about it's, it. it's but it's unknown. But he did put out a movie, The Nice Guys, with uh, Ryan Gosling mm-hmm. and uh, Russell Crowe. Just this past weekend, and no one saw the damn thing. They all went and bought tickets to go see Captain. Well, America well, dude, Angry else. Birds just came Ang- out. But Ang- Neighbors but, Two just came. I mean, dude, it, it like, was. A, but it's that, all that type stuff. of movie is going to get lost. But in it's the an sauce. original idea that gets lost in the sauce. You have a movie like those really crazy movies like Abraham Lincoln Zombie Hunter, Love or Vampire movie. Hunter. <laughs> Love great movie. Shout but out like, to Ben Walker. But did but Love did you, nothing ben. in the theaters. It's like it's like we live in a time where it's got to be but, a but, sequel. But think what you're already talking about. Franchise. But think about what you're talking about. You're taking yeah. Abraham Lincoln, a pre-existing thing, and the vampire craze that's Abraham going on the same thing. Abraham Lincoln's not a pre-existing thing. No, no. It was as, as a person, as a person, dude, you're taking pre. You, you, if you, if you invent John, John Crazy Town, <laughs> John and then Crazy Town, and then okay. make him fight. Now you're. T- that's a whole different thing. If you put Abraham Lincoln, everyone knows who Abraham Lincoln is. So now you're but going it's in Abraham with the mindset. Abraham Lincoln. Vampire hunter. It, it doesn't matter. You're Pride, t- prejudice, and it's zombies. A, it's a like, mashup. Those are all mashups of things that pre-existed. I just think that you don't have room for original th- ideas these days. The and Lobster like, just saw it so original will melt your face off. But who's going to watch it? Is it going to make thirty thousand, thirty million dollars its first weekend? Well, that, like you know what I mean. Like, but Ghostbusters wasn't a, a theatrical success either. No, I don't think. That's look the it up. Case. The box office. I bet you it was a Ghost, box office but, failure. But I also think that Ghostbusters. It holds a place in the heart of a, a very specific age demographic. So don't do anything with and it, And these Matt. are the same people that l- love being internet trolls, too. I just think that, listen, I have faith in Paul Feig because Paul Feig has a terrific track record. Oh, I do. I love I also, Paul Feig. I also love think it's guy. very of its time. The first ghost, the, the original Ghostbusters was, was the hottest stars from the hottest comedy show at the time doing a movie. This is the same thing. All these people have this the same background and pedigree as the original. Yeah, but it's being so. laid out in a pre-existing. Wow! All right, I'm blown away by this. The what, first what Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters made 295 million. That's a success. Yeah, oh, dude. big time. That of is course. big time success. Of course, of course. That movie was a phenomenon. To say that movie was a, was a farce is not it, not safe to say at all. It was that was a bona fide hit. They made a sequel, dude. Yeah, you know, um, I watched both in the theater. I paid and, to and go then, see both. But I also think there was a lot of people that are saying online too. They're saying. Matt, uh, Matt, here's here, I, here's why I even bring this up. There's a lot of well, hold on. There's a lot of people online that are saying things like, um, you know, oh, we should have given the original guys a shot. Guess what? Bill Murray for years was like, I'm not doing another Ghostbusters. Yeah, we, he stopped talking. But there are uninformed people that are but, just. But he also and he stopped exists. talking to Harold Ramis after was it Groundhog's Day? Like those two stopped talking. So like that wasn't going to happen. And then guess what? Harold Ramis yeah, is dead. We're yeah, never going to get sucks. another one to the original guys. Well, so it's like the even think and be mad about that. It's like guess what, dude? You can't be mad about. Does that. the heavy criticism come not because everybody has a voice now? Because okay. everybody does, and it can build up steam and turn into a big pile of steaming shit. 
No, I don't. Okay. I, I think. Well, then. Just, I think. Hold on. I think just a this real quick happens. Tip to add on to this is all the other most hated videos on YouTube. They're all videos by female singers. They're all Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus. Other than like a Justin Bieber sure. video, nine out of the ten are all by fe- are all female heavy videos. Does that prove that, that the says, sexist argument? That, no, no. That says something more about YouTube, I think, than it says about. Well, yeah, YouTube. The people are the using, worst, but they're the fucking using. worst. Dude. That's what I'm saying. I don't care what YouTube is. I don't care that it's the most hated trailer. Who cares? But the point I'm trying to make though is, does that play into the whole the, the whole no, I, the well, quote unquote narrative of like, is it a sexist call? Because and no, it's not sexist at all. What's sexist about it? What's well, there's four female leads so that what? were originally given to men. That's what the that's the whole argument. But 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 what's sexist about that? That you don't want women doing a man's role. That's ridiculous. It, it's completely ridiculous. I just went but, to the doctor. She was Mark, a female, and, I, and she saved something that but, I needed. But Mark, so thank you. But Mark, you and I are elevated people. Yeah. Like the average person, can they make? Like, would it get as much flack if it was remade with four new dudes? Uh, I, mean, I think question, so. It's a hypothetical. I 100 really. percent agree. Yes, I think it would. Okay. And here's why. And this is this is my point because okay. you take away. Everything that all these people are saying, because I, I think it's bottom line, is is this happening because everybody has a voice now on the internet and it picked okay. up steam, or is it because the I think ori- it's a loud majority, hold, hold on. The, minority. The, the original property is is so cherished and it's a testament well, it's to how popular and important in pop culture the original piece was that we're gonna kill this one before it even comes out you don't think 30 years is enough time between no no not today's age because people have access to 30 years ago uh way easier than people had access to 30 years ago 10 years ago does that make sense yeah like in like in 2000 you couldn't get to 1970 as easy but there's plenty of remakes they they're you know they they've oceans 11 is a remake this is what i'm saying Ben hers being remade But, but that's exactly what i'm saying who gave a shit about Ocean's Eleven? I, before the, the first one, no before one. the remake even came out, I didn't even know it was a remake. But the point I'm trying to make is though, but so, so Ghostbusters that, is such an important piece of pop culture. But you're saying as a thirty-something-year-old man, going back to the, the youth of the of the generation, does the average fifteen, sixteen-year-old kid remember the original Ghostbusters? No, no, but but they. But, but that's who this movie's but for. But they have. Mind. But they have a better opportunity to see it. Yeah. Than I did the original Ocean's Eleven when I was 15. Does that make sense? They do, but... I don't have access to Ocean's Eleven. But when I'm 15 now, I can get to Ghostbusters, the original, instantly. We have interns in this office that don't even know about bands from the 90s, let alone movies I understand that, but if they find out about them because enough of a shitstorm happens because someone's redoing No Doubt, they're going to go back and they're going to be able to instantly listen to the first album. I I couldn't do that with Ocean's Eleven. I think that... But I think that you and I aren't are exceptions to the rule because I don't think that because we are inquisitive people we are interested in about how something got to where it is but I think the average 15, 16 year old kid is like Ghostbusters is a movie that my, my dad talks about well, here's the, Star are, Wars is that movie my dad is a fan of like I know people whose favorite movie is like Chris Scopo on the Riotcast Network his favorite movie is like a national treasure Cool, it's like, it's like, great movie. Your, I like them. But movie. how is that your favorite movie of all time? Because knowing, it's their favorite. Who knowing cares? that all these other movies have uh, that these Godfather Be, movies. Because he saw whatever he's seen up yeah. until this point and made that decision. There's so what? I just I just think that. Dude, by the way, Godfather is fine. 
It's not that awesome. <laughs> but it's also, but it's regarded as one of the greatest movies of all time. Because other ones hadn't come out that are better than that now. Like National Treasure. And people don't, and people don't like to change things. People don't want the Beatles to not be the greatest band of all time. Well, people do not want Michael Jordan to be there's some things that bested trans, by somebody that, else that, that comes later. Genre that transcend decades too. But they're few and people want to hang on to of course, whatever their thing was. And why and, do you think the nostalgia train is running full steam through the eighties and nineties well, right now? Because you and I, who are children in the eighties, well, that's, and that's 90s, just greed and money. I mean, but you and I, who are the children of the eighties and nineties, are now in situations where we make those calls, where you hear a commercial where you see a commercial and one of your favorite bands from that era are, are the, the the music of that commercial. That makes me happy because that band's getting paid. It does, but at the same time it also makes you think like, oh, Apple's kind of hip because there's Pixie songs in like their commercials. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even I, though the Pixie song they picked was about a big black penis. Sh- sure. <laughs> sure. And, they, and they don't know and it's and Which it's I think funny. is hilarious because the origins of that song are actually about that, but it's still funny as hell. But, lo- but, it, but look, but that's the thing is with Ghostbusters, it, when when I first heard it was getting made and yeah. Paul Feig was attached. I was super fucking jazzed because I, I love Paul Feig. And I think and I think the talent, the comedic talent are the funniest women working right now. Talent's great. Yes. Everything 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 involved so, in the movie. I think it looks great. And then you watch the trailer and what happened? It it was just like this is a remake of the original. That's it. That's what I felt. Okay. I'm in a library. I'm seeing a ghost. Yes. I, I see a black lady join the team later on. And I think that was Melissa on. McCarthy's main argument I, I, was that that first trailer really didn't. Do but the they movie also justice. said this isn't. This is a standalone. But that's what she was trying to. Well, no, no. But she's saying this is like it's pretend own, the, the world never story. existed. It's that world never existed. But it's not a new story if you can draw this many parallels to the original. Yeah, I mean, I mean, stop. I it. mean. You could draw parallels between the new Star Wars and A New Hope. Yeah, but, but you know what they didn't do? They didn't come out and say this is a completely different thing. They continued and this to is a, do the They're canon. just like, no, this is the seventh this movie. Is, this We're, is a it's part seven. They're not hiding behind anything. I mean, but, but I think at the same time, there are things about, like, if you're going to see a Ghostbusters movie, okay, whether it's a remake or a reboot, there's certain things you want to see. You want to see Slimer. You want to see the proton packs. You're, you want to see the Ecto One. We're getting all that. Those. Yeah, and we're getting Marshmallow Man, and we're getting everything. Yeah, we're going to get everything you, you want because those are what quintessentially make it a Ghostbusters movie. Now, everything else—the story, the plot—we don't really know the story, the plot, other than ghosts are t- attacking New York City. Guess what? If you're a Ghostbuster, you need to fight a fucking ghost. I'm sorry, it's just the way it works. No, no, so it, like, there's nothing wrong with it. Because Matt, like, we I think were, we were like jazzed when we saw the Proton Packs or the first or the first movie. I'm like, still jazzed when I see the with the international yeah. trailer just came out. I'm still jazzed because yeah. it's Ghostbusters and it exists. Because there's it, is it going to be good? I don't know until I see it. But I, I think what's going to happen is I, I I believe because of all the overanalyzation of this thing. Yeah. It people are going unfairly going to go into this movie already hating it, and I okay. don't like that stigma because then you can't separate the two because it has it has to be so undeniably overwhelmingly amazing to win you over from the f- the gutter yeah. to to have you break even. But there's you and I who are attached to or tethered to the internet all day long and read this kind of stuff, and then there's people like. I'll use my brother as an example. He's barely on the internet on a day to basis because he works place where he's not attached to it. He doesn't work in an office environment. He comes home. He deals with his wife and his kids. 
He's going to go see Ghostbusters and he's going to have a good time. I hope so. Because he loved Ghostbusters as a kid. I, I hope think so. there's more people like him I think the critics that are going to go love this movie more so than people like you and I who are, for lack of a better way to put it, mouth-breathing fanboys. Mm-hmm. And sure? I feel like it's a, a vocal minority and I think the majority of the people are going to be like, I want to see a Ghostbusters movie. I'm going to go. I'm going to see Proton Packs. I'm going to see Slimer. I'm going to see the Ecto-1. I'm going to see Stay Puft Marshmallow Man or some version of that. And I'm going to be excited. And I'm going to see it because it's people I know and I think are funny. I think, I think we, like we and a lot of people that have criticized this movie are, are criticizing it because they're too close to it. To whatever. That's all internet criticism, by the way. You're just too close to it. I don't like Batman vs. Superman, but I'm too close to that bullshit. Everyone that has seen Batman vs. Superman is like, yeah, it's a good movie or they like it. That I see what you're doing here, man. Shit. You can bait me all you want. Same thing with like, but it's the same thing with like Marvel movies. <laughs> Captain America had five or six specific boxes. It's like, does it check this box, this box, and this box? Absolutely. It was a fun, entertaining movie. Even though... Un, you can make any argument you want about underdeveloped villains, uh, sameness of this. They did this move to get Spider-Man over. And but it's also, we're too close to that. And stuff. also, and just for the record, yeah. if, for people that are our age who grew up with Ghostbusters, who, yeah. like I was five, I was 84. Young. I was, I was five young. when I was it came out. digits when it came out. I yeah. saw it in the theater. I was five. It's the first thing I remember going to see in the theater or whatever. Uh, maybe I saw Bambi or something before that. Yeah. But, but like, it was... It was so important to me. And guess what? Guess what, everyone our age? It's never, ever, 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 ever going to be as good as it was when we were a fucking kid. Well, because... This new Star Wars movie, I fucking loved it. But you know what it wasn't as good as? The first time I ever saw Star Wars. Of course it was. Because get over yourselves. They don't call them your formative years for nothing, though. Those years between 8 or 9 to like 15, 16, when... All your favorite bands came out. All your favorite movies came out. All your favorite this came out because that's when they were being imprinted onto your brain. Sure. And that's also why, from a marketing perspective, that's why it's such an enticing environment to marketing people because, listen, if they make you a fan of Colgate toothpaste at the age of 9 or 10 because it brings back those memories in your brain, you're going to buy Colgate toothpaste for the rest of your goddamn life. Why do you think people want to market to millennials to that age? It's not because that they have disposable incomes as much as it is, they can make fans for life if they get them early and they get them all. Yeah, well, sure, of course. That's I, what it comes down to. But look, I, I think where this movie, uh, and uh, Paul, if you ever hear this, man, I love you, and I, 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 I hope to, I hope to I see think, you again I think, soon because I think it's gonna be a, you're one of my favorite people. I, I just, I think where this movie lost is how it was marketed, and 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 maybe they weren't clear up front as to what it was, what it was going to be, or what it could be. May- Maybe it would have been better served just not saying anything and just here's some shit. You guys all decide on your own because I think yeah. the second there was confusion between sequel, reboot, it's not well, the they same all, they and then it kind of is. pretty quick after the first trailer. The kind of combat. They did a few things yeah, about it. There was a great article about it and I want to say the Hollywood And by Reporter. the way, what was so bad about the first trailer? They took the trailer off of YouTube. It was cool. They took it off of YouTube though for the second trailer. So there, it didn't invite any of that fucking negative Come, common air community. They put it on Facebook. They put the second trailer on Facebook, and they took out the thirty years ago. This happened. They made it a little bit more faster pace and action wise. They showed some stuff that wasn't necessarily like the same of the first too. So, and by the way, people that are complaining about all this stuff, they're uh, they're people like you and me, Mark. You're, who are still probably going to see. No, it hold anyway. on, hold on. It's <laughs> it's. First of all, it's not your fucking piece of art. 
Yeah. Let someone true. make their art, and when it's done, then then have your say. That that is the musician. Be, because because what frustrates me is this is now probably yeah affected the production of this movie well, we to where know. things may or may not have been changed, and maybe we'll never find out. But you see this all the time. So so many people bitched about Wonder Woman's costume that the show didn't get made. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> The show was terrible though. They released the the, tr- the, pr- the pilot. Who cares? The pilot, Most TV sh- show pilots suck. Yeah, but this one was like. You was know bad. what also wasn't great? The first episode of Seinfeld. The it's, first season of Seinfeld was terrible. But that's Mark, what I'm saying. But Mark, we don't live in a time where you have a full season to develop a it's show. It's not even a season have, we're asking for. It's you a have movie, two episodes, Matt. Dude. Matt, it's a movie. But it's, it's a gonna, movie where millions, multi millions of dollars are at stake. Yeah, guess what? Multi millions of dollars made some other piece of shit that's going to do way worse than Ghostbusters and is a way worse movie. End of story. But, but, they're, but they're making fewer and fewer movies in Hollywood, and the ones they make have more money put behind them. So it's like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, it was revolutionary when a Deadpool uh, ma- movie so came out. Bum. They made and, all this money at like $50 million. And, and, and they're making few and few of that. They're making superhero movies look, or franchises. They want a Harry Potter. They want a Hunger Games. They want a Marvel. Ghostbusters. They want a DC Universe. They want that stuff. Ghostbusters is my second favorite movie of all time, right behind Tron. Okay. Yeah. I love them almost the same. Okay. Tron gets a slight edge, a slight edge. Because only things. because a dude gets sucked into a computer. Okay. And you get to go live inside a computer. My mind was blown when that happened, yeah, right? Yeah. As a kid. Now, firing a proton pack is the next closest thing of you course. can have to that. Of course. Now, as passionate as I am about Ghostbusters or Tron or anything that's my absolute favorite, in the end, it doesn't fucking belong to me. Okay, my my appreciation and my comments about it, my feelings about it, my thoughts about it and what it has influenced me to do later on in my life yeah. does belong to me. But guess yes. what? If someone whoever owns the rights to Tron, if they want to throw it in a fucking blender, they have every reason to do well, so. Dude, and do you know what I get to do? Choose to accept it or not. Well, by and, that argument, you you give you give you give the okay for Lucas to go and re and reconfigure the original trilogy. Guess what? He you came give, up with Star Wars. I did, Matt. He can do whatever he wants, man. <laughs> well, I mean, there are some people that and, and you know that, what? And if you Lucas put out didn't come up with and, Star if, Wars. and if you put out three pieces of crap, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, and he did, and he did, and guess what? He, did, he washes his hands of it. And then there were, it, I mean, but like George Lucas has got to be one of the most villainized. If you, if you want to protect Ghostbusters, here's what you do, everybody. All you, you nerds you, who are you, very you smart. You dig Harold out of the grave and make him no, his No, you don't do that, Matt. Okay. You don't do any of that. Okay. You're, step away from your fanboy for a second. Here's what you do, okay? You find out how much it costs to own the property of <laughs> Ghostbusters. Buy, buy Ghostbusters. You buy it. And then don't license it. And then you don't license it. <laughs> That is such an unrealistic expectation. No, it's not. Because if you took all of the people... Dude, I've seen Kickstarters make more money for for, for something less important. Because if this was so dude, important and you, you rallied... How much do you think the Ghostbusters licensing or the franchise is worth? It's probably... It's, it's, Look it up. Do you have your phone? Look it up. It's got to be worth... like It's, it's like half a billion dollars I, I don't know if it's that. The, the movie rights? <sighs> I don't know, dude. What do you think? So, what are you thinking? Like, I think the, the, you think it's a half a billion dollars. Maybe not half a billion, but I think when all said and done, it's the whole franchise is worth a lot more money. 
I, I also don't know what it all encompasses, but just to make a movie, like how much does Sony have to pay to re-up the license for the okay, movie? Hold on, hold on. Rights to Ghostbusters. Is that what we're looking up? What are we, yeah. what are we looking up? I don't know. Dude, How much like, are the rights to Ghostbusters? But you're acting, you're acting like John Q. Regular guy can afford it. No, no even if it's a Matt, million Matt, dollars, Matt, he can't Matt, afford it. Here's what you do: you okay. get everybody else who's bitching about you it. You do Kickstarter to buy it, and, and you all get it. into a room and you throw five bucks into a pot, Come on, dude. And then you all own a little piece who's, who's of the magic. Being unrealistic here. It's happened before. <laughs> like what? Start a company, start an app, make a bunch of money, go buy Ghostbusters, so you're protect saying, it. So you're saying. Like Michael Jackson, who bought oh, the and publishing just, on like Beatles the, songs. And just for the record, all the all the people that are like, this movie's going to suck, I guarantee whatever movie version of this movie you were going to make probably also was going to oh, suck. Completely. Okay. Uh, I can't... Nothing? I'm not finding the rights to Ghostbusters. All right. If you, if you happen to be affiliated with... Ghostbusters, drop us an email, podcast yeah, at the laugh Anonymously, whatever, podcast at the laughbutt.com. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious because I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's many millions of dollars, and that's fine. And Kickstarter, what's the biggest, most successful Kickstarter? And you know who's out there? I guarantee there's one person on this earth that has more money than they'll ever like, be able like to spend a, like an, an entire Elon life. Musk, who's like, yeah, I'll buy the rights to Ghostbusters. Yes, okay. and because they're also you know, mad John about Q, the remake. Because he's John Q. Public. Yeah, and Elon and he's Musk mad about the about. and he's mad. Well, maybe write a letter to your congressman. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> here's what you do, Matt. Matt, here's what you do. Here's what you do. If you can't get the funds to buy the license, don't go watch the fucking movie. Well, there's people that are saying that. They're not going to watch the movie. Yeah. So guess what? Like, don't go on months and months and months and months about it. Just don't go see the movie and shut your mouth and, and come up with something else to figure out. Because guess what? You repeatedly... Trying to tear apart someone who's trying to well, to I do, do think, something do that that could that, be like, great. One of the reasons people are making these. What if this movie comes out and it's the fucking shit? I'm be psyched because I'm going to see it. I want to see the fucking movie. I'm going to be the I first one there. I don't have the hatred towards it that fucking yeah. mouth breather fanboys do. I just don't. I don't have the hatred toward. I think I think Paul Feig is a competent director. I think the subject matter is good for mining, and I think the cast is stellar. I think Leslie Jones is fucking hilarious. I think Melissa McCarthy's hilarious. I think Kristen Wiig's hilarious. And I think Kate McKinnon's hilarious. Chris and Hemsworth is also and hilarious. Guess, guess what? Chris Hemsworth looks funny as shit in the movie too. Hey, dude's hilarious. Yeah. So like, I don't fucking know what to tell you, man. It's a funny looking movie with a pedigree from funny people. I'm gonna go fucking see the movie. All right. With all that said, how do you think it's gonna do? I think it's going to do just fine. I think it's going What's to have just a, fine. Well, a good opening weekend for a comedy is upwards of 30, 30 million. This this is transcendent of comedy though. You th- but you I don't it's I, I don't I don't look at this as a comedy film even though it is. It's an action comedy. It is it is it's something that's crossed over the thresholds yeah, of any but like, genre. Even it's like some of the most it's a property being inserted. Yeah, in. but I like, think but I think if it it's a comedy still. It's sci-fi, it's fantasy, it's, it's action, comedy, it's, action, it's comedy. action. It's action comedy. It's all of those so things. So you can compare it to like what like a ride along with Kevin Hart or what's that other movie's doing now? Central Intelligence he's doing with The Rock. So like it's I, I think if it does thirty to thirty five million, it's a success. And it ultimately will make over a hundred hundred million dollars. You don't think it's gonna crack two while in theaters? Two hundred million? Yeah. Well you, here be, better benchmark. Get you, get you, does it outdo the original? The original would do say it was two hundred two thirty five or something. It might adjusted for inflation, maybe. It might. I think it's going to do just fine. Because Melissa McCarthy, even Boss, 
That movie looked terrible. That Boston that, 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 movie, movie, did, that movie did pretty movie well. It was bad, but it did well. Melissa McCarthy can help carry a movie be, be, because your name this because is, your name carries you to that, and people is, will go see and is, go, "Hey, it wasn't great, but almost, I love her. But I love her." This is almost the same people that did Bridesmaids. Paul Feig directed Bridesmaids. Melissa McCarthy, breakout star of Bridesmaids. Kristen Wiig, lead of Bridesmaids. I'm trying to think of something else that's a very popular property. And Kristen Wiig, for the record, hasn't had a fucking major hit since Bridesmaids. She's she's out to do a bunch of indie films. Disagree. The Martian was a huge hit. The Martian? Yes, and but she's she in it. Doesn't matter. She's in, in it. Sure. She she's she's not. Watch top the credits. Villain. Her name gets listed pretty early on. She's definitely. But she is like fourth on the call sheet. She's not carrying the movie. But she's fourth on this call sheet. No, she's first on this call sheet. Dude, Chris Hemsworth. Kristen Wiig is first on this call sheet. No way. Melissa McCarthy. Chris Hemsworth. <sighs> I don't know. Two dude. bigger stars than Kristen Wiig. I don't Wiig. know. Okay, so she's third tops. That's one away from four, which you're calling her but, out on but the margin. Her dude. face, she's the Peter Venkman of this movie. Melissa McCarthy is the Dan, what was Dan Aykroyd's character name? Why am I blanking? Dude, Ray Stance. You call yourself a fan. Ray Stance. I am disgusted. Shut your face. You probably don't even know Winston's last name. Winston Zedmore. How do you spell it? How do you spell it? Zedmore. Z-E-D-M-O-R-E. No, two Ds. Get over yourself. Oh, go fuck yourself. (laughs) It is two Ds, just for the record. But the point I'm trying to make is, this is Kristen Wiig's, this is a Kristen Wiig vehicle. No way. It's a Melissa McCarthy vehicle. No, it is a Kristen Wiig vehicle. Oh, I no way, dude. She's the Peter Venkman of this movie. Who's the first person you see in the trailer? It's Melissa McCarthy. She's she's clearly the face of this movie. I don't know, man. This is without I th- a doubt. I think when they do all the character intros in the two. trailer, Melissa McCarthy doesn't get an intro because she's the one introing everybody else, Matt. I, I don't know. I, I and Chris Hemsworth had from the is a beast. A beast. He is, but I think Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> a beast. I, I bet you Chris Hemsworth wasn't even on 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 set for half of the movie. His role is smaller, but his name is bigger. But his name is bigger. This movie. But his name is bigger. Dude, bigger. I, way off. I love anyway, Kristen Wiig. Kristen She's Wig, third at most on that call sheet. No, Paul Feig. We need you to like. We need you to tweet out the call sheet for Ghostbusters. Here's the funny thing. You and I disagree on this movie, and we're both going to go see the fucking thing. Oh, I'll be the first one And we're one both there. going to go enjoy it. I can't. I'm going to a screen. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out a way for us to get in the screen. Yeah, I'll get please us into do. A screen. Let's call someone over at Sony. Is it Sony putting oh it out? Oh, my God. I, no, it's I Sony. Know, All right, so... Um, now that that debate is Columbia, settled, which is owned by Columbia, Sony. Same Sony, thing. Yes. So... Uh, like we've got to get to Andre Vermeulen's like interview. Was settled, not settled. It was like we ended with the with the infamous, and I hate it. The agree to disagree no, about no, the ghost. But we agree we're both going to see it. Yes, and because I think we're that's not the important assholes, thing. Mark. Correct. Because we're not internet trolls. And everybody who wants to shit all over Ninja Turtles, the new one, it's a lot of fun. I went and I saw it, and I put myself in the mindset. Uh, once I got past, like, oh, some of this is cheesy. And I dove in and was like, hey, you know what? This is but Ninja this Turtles. I'm eight right now. It was so much fun. It was cool to see Rocksteady and Bebop. Of course. It was cool to but see the, their vehicle shooting. Well, I don't want to give anything away. The party but wagon. it's Yeah, the it, party it's wagon. just. And I don't think you're giving it away. You see that in the trailer. It's it just. I mean, I get why people but will go. The, this is but I think the same but people it was that fun. Bitch, it was the same fun. people that are bitching about Ghostbusters bitching about the first Ninja Turtles movie. I will say that one wasn't that good. It wasn't good. I watched that one. I didn't like it. I watched this Did one. Did you not like it because you're it. like, I'm not used to how the turtles look. Oh, no, no. I'm no, not no, used to how no. they act. No. Dude, well, it's live action versus CGI. Well, like, it's, it's like being upset that Optimus Prime is a different type of tractor trailer 
than he was in the movies than he is in the in the. In the That's in, frustrating. It is. The Transformers like, are frustrating. Like, you can't tell Optimus any of them Prime. apart, Matt. Oh, yeah. And it came out in the eighties when everything was colorful. You know, the things had color. You knew which guy was which because one was purple, one was white, one was <laughs> yellow, way, one was when green. When I saw Transformers in the theater with a friend, and my I was friend, so disappointed. Well, man. the thing that he was talking about and complaining about the most was how unrealistic the backyard scene was when the Transformers were hiding. From oh, yeah, yeah, ducking around. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, wait, is have, any of this realistic? You have three, you have at like aliens that are th- minimum three stories high and you're and you got to suspend all of your disbelief for that but you can't for the life of you believe that they're just hanging out in the backyard somewhere yeah. like that's where you draw the line oh, <laughs> good man. times let's go to the interview let's yeah, go to here, the interview where's on the very the very lovely andre did Vermeulen. you ask her what she thinks about the ghostbusters trailer i didn't because i we were talking about angie trebecca and everything yeah. she's done i'm not gonna ask her about something she's not involved in She's a woman in Hollywood. She might have an opinion. Uh, we'll ask her next time we talk to her. Let's anyway, Andre, here it is. Finally, love you. Everyone check it out. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. My hand slipped up and then went off, but now I have a barrier. Precautions, right? (laughs) Gotta play it safe. We've heard she's known to drop microphones. It's true. And, uh, yeah, injuries, uh, you know, potential injuries. Yeah. Well, this seems like it could cause an injury. Just very <laughs> sharp edges. Don't let a baby around it. Right. It's, I guess, pick your injury. Right? Yes. This sliding into your face, breaking your nose, I think would be worse than maybe dro- yeah. dropping the mic. This might know. shoot your nose bone in your brain and kill you. <laughs> That's a thing. Well, we're... Uh, this we've- is a morbid start. Yeah, well, you know, set the bar six feet under, right? Great. And we'll work our yes. way up. You know, we'll claw out together. We'll, we'll claw get to that oxygen. and climb through the dirt. I'm hanging out right now with uh, Andre Vermeulen. Uh, yes. Not to be confused with Andre Vermeulen. Who's that? Uh, the soccer, former soccer player for Arsenal, now of Barcelona. Oh, here's a thing. Yes. Is he from Belgium? Yes. Yeah, okay. So you know about so, this dude. That my name is the most Belgian name you could possibly have, and the way that he pronounces it is also correct. It's just in um, a Flemish accent. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. So you don't speak Flemish, though. You I just don't. I speak some French. I used to speak a lot of French, and then when you don't use things, they go away. Yes, that's a true story. So, <laughs> it's somewhere stored in my brain. Okay. And when I have to, I can speak. I can't have a philosophical conversation, but I can get us around. Okay. You That's know? good. So you'd be like a, like the, the, the cheaper tour guide, the yeah. low-budget tour guide. I was just in Bali, and I went on a bike tour. Um, and first, they take you in a van, and we stopped at these rice paddies or, you know, terraced rice fields. Okay. And there was a van full of somehow French people. I just got the luck of the draw. And these two guys were French. One didn't speak English, so I was speaking French with them. And then these other two French people get in the van, and they didn't know that I speak French. And the woman did this classically French thing where she started to talk shit 
about the Americans. So like, the- these Americans, they're so dumb. And I, in French, was like, oh, I speak French. And she was like, oh, and started backpedaling. And it was one of those amazing moments that you just live for in life. Yes. I call them the elevator moment. Yes. It's just uncomfortable for everyone. No one wants to be very in there. Very She was very nice to me for the rest of the tour. <laughs> I love that. Um, that happens all the time in New York City. Yeah. Like, I, I married someone uh, whose first language is Spanish. Yeah. So when you're on the subway in New York City, happens all the time. Yep. You know, uh, a whole bunch of white people will get on, and yeah. there'll be a whole bunch of Latinos on. Yeah. And they'll just flip the switch. Uh-huh. Pretend not to speak English. Yeah. Talk some shit. Yeah. And she's deceptive. She almost looks Asian in a way. Okay. So they don't think she speaks Spanish. And then yeah. to see her flip the switch is like, it's great. It's like the 4th yeah. of July. You know? Yeah. And then they just freak out and run away. And like, oh, I'm good. so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Well, back to your point about things going away if you don't use them. Could yeah. Could you imagine if that happened in real life? Like if you just didn't exercise for like a month? And your and body all your was muscles like, evaporated? Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, you haven't used this ankle in quite some time. So we're just going to detach that from our bodies. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. <laughs> I bet everyone would work out. <laughs> everyone would be in great shape. We should develop some sort of injection where that actually would happen. I'm sure, hey, scientists out there. Yeah, dear Marvel, let's, yeah. let's pitch this. That would be so cool. They just started. I know that wasn't the point of your question. I'm like, that sounds great. <laughs> It sounds like there's a scream screenplay brewing a here. Screenplay. A screenplay. It's a thriller. Oh, nice. I see yeah. what you did there. I see <laughs> what you did there. All right, Andre. Uh, congratulations, first and foremost, on uh, Angie Tribeca. Thanks. It's It's an amazing show. It's so funny. Uh, it's the type of comedy I was raised on. Yeah. Um, when my When my dad said, "Hey, it's time to learn about life," he sat me down. We watched History of the World Part One. And uh, oh, wow, all these cool. Zucker Brother movies, like Airplane. And so you had a cool dad. I had a cool dad. I had a pretty cool dad. He was a drummer. He rode a motorcycle. Okay. He, Did he, he have tattoos? He no tattoos. Well. Wow. Now that I think about it, yeah, no tattoos. He has, secretly has your face tattooed on his back, and he just hasn't showed you. <laughs> <laughs> your dad really misses you. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> actually, I got a full body tattoo of myself on myself. You just can't see it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, he's like an onion. You just have to peel away the tattoo yeah. layers. You have to peel away his literal skin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's figurative to get to his literal Right. That's why he never gets burnt or anything. That's weird. He can be out in the sun. Yeah. No SPF. Protection. I swear I'm not usually this violently minded. It's okay. But today I'm like, yeah, peel off your skin and make your muscles evaporate. <laughs> what did you watch last night before you went to bed? I did know, you, right? Did you what caught did up I in do? a marathon? I was of, reading uh, Harry Potter again. Oh, nice. I like to give my brain a break after a period of shooting where I don't know how brains can hold all those words. You're right. And then, you know, you got to read other things because life is demanding. Mm-hmm. And then I just want to read Harry Potter. And I literally the other day was like out loud to myself alone in my apartment. I said, let's see what all Harry Potter's up to. And I him- know what he's up to. And I've <laughs> known for years. <laughs> Do you call him Harold when you're uh, oh Harold when you're getting feisty? Oh, Harold Potter. What have you gotten yourself into now? <laughs> That's great. Those are great reads. They're be, really good. I'd be lying if I said I didn't read them at least three or four times all yeah. the way through every single book. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Which is your favorite? I'm, uh, I'm going to say Prisoner of Azkaban based on the way we've been talking that already. Is, that is one of my favorites, actually. That's when it starts to get dark. Yeah. Especially in the movies, too. The tone changed a little bit. It is really, yeah. I like when Sirius Black comes in. 
That's a whole fun little... I just like how you don't know what anyone is up to right. until later. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everyone you meet, you're not quite sure about. It's a great example of life. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, could you imagine like uh, if that happened on a daily basis? Like you're, tr- you're going to a meeting yeah. and everyone's there for the same meeting, but no one knows what everyone's up to. Yeah. We're all just kind of figuring it out. Yep. And then all of a sudden we're 88 years old and we're like, ah, shit. Yes. We can only go back in time. He was my godfather. <laughs> right, right. The whole time. That person who interviewed me for the laugh button. Uh-oh. Just kidding. <laughs> no, Ed, that's fine. Uh, I very well could be. You don't know that. No, you're way too young to be my godfather. I'm deceptively old. My parents trusted a baby. They said, <laughs> you, Maybe if anything happens to our daughter, you will raise her. You look like you've got... You know what? He's walking pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe your parents thought it was a Benjamin Button scenario with you. And they thought you were going to go backwards. And they're like, we need to get you a younger godfather. Yeah, my family might argue I have gone backwards. Uh They wanted me to go into business. (laughs) You did. They wanted me to go to Duke. Oh, no. I said, no thanks. You're like, I don't need that Bermuda grass. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, no. Is it? It is. I played soccer on it a bunch. Oh, as a I played kid, soccer so. too. You did? Yeah, I have seven screws of plate and a pin. Look what? at my scars. Ooh. There's this long one, and then there's this rainbowy one. Oh wow, we're gonna trade injuries. I had seven screws of plate bad. and a pin, and then I took them out because they were like, "You're too young to keep Wait, those in." Yourself? You yeah, just... I just went right to it. <laughs> no. Oh, and I can see the exit point there. It's that big gap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you forgot to close that up. But then your bones have holes in them right. when you take them out, and then you have to be careful you can't run or anything until the holes fill in. So so if, if our theory of, of things you're not using for a while holds true, yeah. you can kiss that sweet ankle goodbye. Goodbye, what's ankle. Left, what's left of it. Well, I'll be using it tonight. I actually have the first game of the season. Now I'm playing um, women's recreational basketball okay, here in Los yeah, Angeles. We, we were uh, getting some precursors. Oh, Tonight is the first game of our season. This is the fifth season. We like to call it like a season like of television. We're all actors and comedians. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Season five. And I have bought some custom LeBrons to hopefully help my game. I can't dribble, so... They've got to be straight up magic to help me tonight. Okay, (laughs) So, so with that said... I think you're you're more of like the post up in the corner three type person. I am. Like I accidentally I accidentally shot a three last season and Accident. I had no idea. Yep. And I just here's my directive from my coach because okay. I have a very good shot and because of the soccer I am an excellent defender. You can box like, out well. I box out well, but I also just follow, you know, whoever has the ball and is dribbling up. Like, they just can't get past me. And I play clean. Got those quick feet. Not going to touch you, but you can't get around me. Gotcha. Quick hands, quick feet. Quick feet. Don't touch people with your hands. Keep You're the it white clean. shadow. Yeah. I, I like, like literally someone's shadow on the court. That's my skill. So my directive has been be on defense. Then when we're coming on offense, Find your spot and get open. Receive and shoot. Get back on defense. Wow. And so that's been my thing. But the last season, found my spot. Actually, it was a little farther out than I thought. And received shot. Shot a three. Didn't think anything of it. I certainly thought it was a two. Went running back. And my coach was like, Dre, that was a three. Nice. You could tell I didn't know. Did and you then put up the uh, okay over your eyeball like this with the three? I just screamed because I had no idea. <laughs> and I just on the court went, what? 
That's great. So, so are we going to see you in the NBA celebrity basketball game anytime oh, soon? Oh, man, that would be so cool. Gotta get Everyone might be really annoyed at me, but I would love to play. Oh, it's okay. I mean, why would they be annoyed with you? Are I you can't gonna... dribble. That's pretty annoying. It's all right. You get two <laughs> steps, you know, you pass. Yeah. And receive, as you call it. Yeah. I and then did dish again. I did have a steal last season and an attempted breakaway. I just can't get too far. I, love I need someone to come breakaway. help immediately. Sure. It's like a real rush of adrenaline and an and an extreme letdown just right just as quick as they come mm-hmm. i reverse it and just disappoint everyone <laughs> well you're on the court and that's what's important yeah right? you're all winners once you get on that court yeah i i too had a brutal soccer injury that ended my collegiate career uh slide tackled from behind oh collarbone neck to ground first <gasps> snapped it in half sticking oh. out it's pretty gruesome. Wow. And that was that. No more of that. So, That's yeah. crazy. No screws, though. I didn't have uh, the screws, but now I have a, a shoulder That's blade that sticks out permanently. you didn't have any screws. Yeah, they couldn't. At the time of my injury, it was bad to get surgeries and braces and stuff like that because blood clots would form in this oh. area. Oh. So my now I mom. Have a weird, I had a weird, like, yeah. overlapping job like this. My yeah. mom snapped her clavicle because a horse sat on her shoulder. <laughs> My parents grew up, I grew up with my parents training racehorses and, <laughs> and you know, they had, then later they did. I was going to say, please elaborate. Yeah, before that and after they did dressage and jumping and like the fancy riding that you see at, at horse shows. Okay. Um, they, but were this, they equestrian Oh yeah. People? My whole family is involved in horses. I want nothing to do with them. They're, I love them. Sure. And I can ride. But when you, like, every little girl wants a pony, yeah. I was like, they're everywhere. Why would I want one of them? <laughs> I want a monkey. <laughs> or <laughs> So I went into dance and singing and stuff like that. And I was just like, you guys are nuts. What are you doing all these hours with these horses? Um, so w- when you first started performing comedy, was it all horse comedy? Like yeah, it, it I literally was, just, was my jokes around. were all about like, yeah, I was horsing around. They were all about like braiding manes and no one understood. <laughs> I am an excellent braider. Uh, I can braid very quickly, very well. I can do lots of types of braids and styles. I learned on a horse and then I used to babysit a girl when she was like two she was uh, half black, half white, and had this really beautiful, thick, curly hair that needed to be braided. But on a two-year-old, you got to move fast. Okay. So that really upped my speed. Like, a horse will stand there. A two-year-old will not. So, so you got to really... good training ground. Yeah, so I'm a really great braider. Wow. Is there some sort of, uh, not Olympic event, but is there some... I mean, there's arm wrestling I tournaments. I there's should invent all... one. Yeah. I should... did when I was just in Bali. We saw these uh, little Balinese... Uh, dancers. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. They're learning the Balinese dance and it's a very intricate dance. So some of them really don't have it yet, which is adorable. But I braided the littlest one's hair and they were all losing it. They were so excited. You could have, you have like a backup gig in Jamaica. Like yeah. anytime you want it. Yeah. Those people come I off the boat. I just don't have the patience for proper cornrows. They do those perfect parts with the you know, they use a comb. I don't, I don't have that sort of patience. I like a loose part. I have sort of like cornrowed friends' hair and stuff, but I don't like it to be that hard line. So, so, so they look weathered. They look like they just look like they're having fun. 
the braid itself is really perfect and the part isn't. And I think that's a great merge. It's a nice balance. Okay. Because so you, your hair looks super done, but then there's an element of like, I'm just me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some identity there. Yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. I'm giving people personality by braiding their hair. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, Andre, uh, let's let's talk about Angie Tribeca for a smidge, oh, if, yeah. if, we, if we can. Sure. I mean, you don't have to. I love to. I okay. know a lot about it. <laughs> Heard you were a part of it. A uh, little bit of a part of it. Heard you know someone. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, you are the, uh, you're the most straight-laced out of everyone on yes. this show. I'm like a human robot. You are. You're, you've got a monotone delivery, uh-huh. which you never break. No. You've got a great character name in, in Dr. Scholes. Dr. Scholes, Dr. Monica Scholes. Right. Oh, Monica Scholes, right. They laugh at me, actually, with the monotone delivery because that's, as you can hear, not how I speak. Right. And uh, we'll be in a scene, and one of our directors that came on this season, Rachel Goldenberg, was couldn't stop laughing because I was in the scene, and I was talking in that robotic monotone, and then I had a co- I had a question so I just broke out of it and I was like is that how you want me to do it and then <laughs> and then I went right back into it and they were like who are you that was so like a split personality I have fun that's awesome it seems like you have fun yeah there, you, lack of emotion I despite have fun trying by to looking like it. I'm not having any fun right <laughs> and uh I feel like you're the you're the we Scooby-Doo was mentioned earlier yeah before this podcast recording you're, you're more like the Velma of the of the group yeah the situation you're very yeah. you've got it down to a science literally yes on the show yeah it's so I've got matter it down of fact. to a science Everything's very matter of fact, but the facts that I'm presenting make no sense, and I'm really <laughs> sure about them. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, don't question me, <laughs> no matter what. I am the authority on all things stupid. <laughs> it's, but it's so satisfying. It's so good. Yeah. So this type of humor, I feel like it's been missing for a while. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mentioned this before. I grew up on the, the naked guns and the airplanes and, and the Mel right. Brooks-style comedy, and uh, it's... It sort of disintegrated once they started making, like, superhero movie and then disaster yeah. movie. And then it just kind of, like, turned into some weird thing. Yeah. And then, uh, thankfully, went away for a while. And yeah. now this series has brought that magic back. I yeah. feel like a kid again. And I'm like, this is why I got into comedy. Yeah. Stuff like this and the Stephen Wrights of the world and yeah. that sort of presentation of things yeah. is so on point. And you guys are nailing it. Thank I mean, you. Yeah. And I think maybe... It would be interesting to do a study about this, but I feel like maybe part of the reason it sort of went away for a bit is that it's really hard to do. It looks easy when you're watching it, but the tone is so specific. Yes. <laughs> the timing is so specific. And the writing. It's yeah. like comedy science. So even though the jokes may seem really dumb, it's not just any dumb. It has to be the right dumb. So our writers are phenomenal. We don't actually do a lot of improv on this show because it is so exact. Mm-hmm. Well, we can pitch some alternate jokes while we're shooting, and, and sometimes we'll do a couple takes with alternates. Um, but other than that, it's really to the script because of how specific it is. And I think it's really easy to go too big or, I don't know, let it fall flat. And I have explained this in the past to people but as far as my own delivery 
even though it's that monotone, serious thing, you have to fuel it with some energy underneath so it's not just completely flat and dead. Right. But you can't get too animated with it because then it's too big. So it's a really fine line and you've got to find that little pocket. And that takes time. And, And it's not just from me. It's from everyone on the show. And I think my character is the most serious, you know, Giles gets to be a little loopier and a little more animated, but only slightly. So it's interesting. We all have our own character, and each character has to find their little pocket. And then the whole show's tone has a very specific pocket that we're all together working with. And our showrunner, Ira Ungeleider, is really great about keeping it on the right path. Mm -hmm. So it's... There's actually a lot of work that goes into it, and I and I wonder if that's why it went away for a little bit. Yeah, I the answer is yes. Yeah, because I think people were trying to mail it in and, and thought it was easy and yeah. can just say, hey, you know, I'll rest on the laurels of like there were a bunch of science fiction movies that yeah. came out, and we'll just say, hey, isn't it funny? We're trying to do a parody of yeah. you know, The Martian. Cool. And not only Thanks the delivery, in. the delivery itself is already so hard, but then the all of the sight gags. <laughs> You can't just have a sight gag. It has to be the right sight gag at exactly the right timing in conjunction with the dialogue that's happening. Right, the story of that particular episode. Yeah, so it's like this ballet that we're choreographing, you know, or, I don't know, a Broadway production. It's like (laughs) someone's, you know, it's like every player has to be moving along at the same time in the right place all together to make this one thing. It's a symphony. <laughs> well put. Well put. Um, you brought up the directors. There was one name I caught while watching yeah. uh, all the episodes. Michael Patrick Jan. So cool. Such a cool dude. Yeah. Member of the state. Love the state. Mm-hmm. I I did grow up watching that. Um, my favorite sketch, which is hasn't been anyone else's when I bring it up. I don't know why it stuck out to me, but was when Showalter was doing that thing where he was like, I'm out of here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I used to do that every time I left a room. It was Doug, right? Yeah. Doug. So funny. I'm out of here. And then we had Carrie Kenny on the show. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. So great. They didn't work in the same episode, um, but that was pretty cool. That was like... I'm trying to be cool about it, but that was really cool. Yeah, the Venn, the Venn diagrams of the comedy universe is colliding. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It was really great. We had some heavy hitters in that first season. We also got, um, oh, what's his name? What, I have this thing where whenever I need a name, it immediately leaves me, and mm-hmm. I know the name. It's a disease that my mom passed down to me. Oh, no. She'll forget mm-hmm. my own name right in front of people. Oh, that's. And I'm her daughter. That's awesome. <laughs> so do you just carry your birth certificate around with you at all times? Yeah, I have to remind myself of who I am. Gotcha. That's the most important thing in life. You gotta start. You gotta there. remind yourself of who you are. Yes. And stick to it. <laughs> gotta commit. You gotta commit to Andre. You gotta do it. Yeah. There's no changing. No. The second you change, now you're just you're somebody else. You don't want to do that to yourself. No way. I want to start over. So uh, yeah, all these amazing people have contributed to the show, been a part of the show, directed the show, act on the show, yeah. and of course the Corrells behind the whole show. Yeah, uh, and they're super involved. Every single script goes past Stephen Nancy. Mm-hmm. They're at every table read, so their hands are fully in the dough. Is that a saying? It is now. Their hands are all up in the dough before we make it a pie. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. I can see Steve like tossing the dope like a pizza dough and throwing it to Nancy, and she's like finishing yeah. it off and, and then like, working <laughs> the crust edges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <right? laughs> they should open up a pizza shop. I bet people I know, would go. I've talked to them about it. They're never really receptive to the idea. I, I feel like I drove by uh, Treo's Taco, Danny Treo's I tacos. saw that. I just saw that. I, I flew in and I was driving by. Is that Treo's Tacos? Yeah, is that a real face thing? Is on it just yeah. so you can't mistake it. Yeah. You're like, oh, that name sounds familiar. Could it be Danny's? I'm not sure. You know what? Let's put his face on it. Yeah. Make it clear. Yeah. It's clearly him. Yeah. By the way, that guy, speaking of deceptively, he's, is he in his 80s now? Oh, I 70s don't know. 80s? He's climbing, man. If he is, then he's very well moisturized. Yeah. He's doing all right. <laughs> he just goes to bed in a vino. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> All the way up to the tip of his nose. He definitely to... uses a humidifier. I mean, it is dry here. <laughs> now, where, where are you from originally? Pennsylvania. Uh, we're in PA. Sort of. A I'm Midwest from Stroudsburg. As well. Ah, here's Stroudsburg. What, here's what actually happened. That's just, uh, was that two hours outside of New York City? It's right yeah, on the border of New it's Jersey. It's about an hour and 15, hour and a half, depending on who's driving. Um, I was born in New Jersey, Long Branch, New Jersey. Okay. My parents were training racehorses at Monmouth Park. Okay. Then six years old, we moved to Florida for a second. My dad got a job at the Miami racetrack. We lived with a jockey named Tino who had... Uh, <laughs> it's just like you're already making it all up, and I love every this second of it. This is real. <laughs> Tino had a terrible accident where in a race, his horse went down, and then all the other horses trampled his head. Oh, jeez. He survived, but had... Uh, he had long-term uh, memory loss, oh, geez. so his girlfriend left him all that stuff. He couldn't really remember anything outside of a Hold little up, window dick time. Move. I know, but he didn't know who she was, so it's okay. Oh, I guess it he wasn't matter. even hurt. <laughs> well, well, emotionally. I was going to anyway. say emotionally. Yeah, so we lived with Tino. Then um, my mom decided to leave my dad, and we uh, went to my grandma's for Christmas and never came back. Oh my God! This is why I do comedy. And escape plan. We went to Pennsylvania. And my mom... Great place to hide, by the way. Great place to hide. Lots of trees. Mm -hmm. I was also really small at the time, so a bush or a rock would do. So you could hit, hit, hide, or hide behind like small shavings of bark? Yeah. Like if you could just slip in yeah, there? Yeah, I just made a little pile of bark and leaves, <laughs> and no one knew where I was. Um, <laughs> Thank God for no forest fires, yeah, I guess. But then I lived there until I was uh, until I went to college, and then I went to New York City. And then eventually I came to L.A. Sure. And that is my entire mapping of residences. That's, that's the map of the star. If anyone wants my specific addresses, I'll send them to you. Yeah. If, you just if I can remember them. Why is that so hard? I don't know. Here's, here's my question, right? When you have memory loss right. or, or you, you know, damage is done and you can't remember who anyone is. Right. You don't remember anybody's name. You don't know what anything is. That You have to relearn that this is a couch. You never forget the English language. You, oh, you wow. somehow remember language, but you don't remember what anything is. That's interesting. So don't it is stored that. somewhere in your brain. It is. Because earlier when I was talking about the French thing, mm -hmm. it is stored in a pocket of my brain that I don't always have access to, and in a crisis, I can dip in and get some words. You know what it is? You're you you have a pocket issue. Yes, too many too pockets. Too many pockets. Like my life the show is, like is taking up like six of your pockets. Yeah, and my life is just French like is these really big cargo shorts. <laughs> and I need to just kind of whittle it down to some good, maybe, I don't know, maybe a good cropped pant. <laughs> <laughs> you are a walking Dave Matthews band crowd, like an entire yeah. crowd. 
I'm all the you crowd You are the together. cargo short. I'm like 7,000 cargo shorts in one area, all dancing to Ants Go Marching. Isn't that in one of his songs? I think so. Yeah. I think all it is. All the little ants go marching. Great impression. <laughs> Diana Matthews, I'm going to start calling you. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. I've never tried to do him before. That's your, that's your first Dave Matthews He's impression? He's got like a nice little... It's like for a second you think it's a sweet tone, but then it gets a little Kermity. <laughs> it's 100% Kermity. Yeah. But he's, they're all sick musicians. A little Celine Dion. Which is a bummer. He's like if you took Celine Dion and crossed him with, I don't know, uh, the <laughs> boss. <laughs> well, well, the boss as in, which boss are we talking about here? So many bosses. Yeah, what's his name? Isn't Springsteen well, well, the boss? Bruce Springsteen is the boss. Thank God I got that one right. There's the big boss man from WWF. Oh, not him. Uh, no there's way. a new movie coming out called The Boss, right? Yeah, and we all just have bosses in life. Yeah, there's a, yeah, big boss man. Um, who who a boss hog from Dukes of Hazard? No, definitely no. not him. Okay. I validate I validate all your bosses. <laughs> but not the. But not for Dave. But not <laughs> boss hog. <laughs> you didn't like uh, Dukes of Hazard as a kid? That didn't uh, make it I into your really Pennsylvania up- upbringing. That was a little old. That was yeah. a real Nick at Nighter, right? Uh, we we, I don't had, even we had think a channel. It was on Nick at Night. We had a channel called TNN. Do you remember TNN. this? TNN. TNN Tennessee News Network, and it was. A, I'm being dead serious. I've got your jockey. St- I'll see your jockey story. That's not a joke. Tennessee News Network. Yeah, yeah. TNN. Oh, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I thought you meant? Oh. Tennessee, like that's racquetball. Oh, like. T- <laughs> <laughs> Those are Tennessee shoes. <laughs> And I even had a granddaddy who lived in Tennessee. My nice. mom was Southern. My, she still is. She's alive. Oh, boy. I, I was going to say, I think she's still technically. I don't yeah. think that goes Let's away. Let's get it straight. My dad is dead. My mom's alive. I like to drop my dad is dead and see how uncomfortable people get. But it's really funny well, to me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get bothered. My last name's Seaman, so I don't get bothered by there anything. There you go. You know what I mean? So if, I, I would be How's like, that spelled? sucks. It doesn't matter. It's all pronounced the same. I bet it's in my email. I'm going to look it up later. It's probably in your You may not want to tell me, but mail. I'll find out. You're going <laughs> to get to the bottom of that. You're going to get to the bottom of that. All right. I want to talk uh, UCB history with you. Yeah. What was the first... UCB experience like for you the first time you went on stage did you was it New York or was it in LA New York okay started in New York so at the Chelsea yeah there was not there weren't two theaters at the time right so the first time I ever went on stage uh I was in an improv group uh and we had a show called as the diamond burns and it was an improvised soap opera and that's hard to do we had set characters Mm -hmm. and the theater, when it was smaller, you could do a run. You 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 do a spank, which is an audition for a run right. at the theater. And then now there are so many people that if you spank something, maybe it'll get two shows or something. But especially back in the day in New York, this show ended up running for two years. Oh, my God. So Wait, what year is this? Give me a year. Uh, I, I think moved to that New York was City. 2008. Okay, because I, I moved to the city in 2002. Yeah. I did all the classes at UCB as well. Both oh, cool. Improv and sketch writing. Yeah. Um, did you ever see me perform? I did. Oh, cool. Did you I see did. my one-person show? I did not. French Toast? Oh, no. I don't think oh, I saw French weird. Toast. Damn. I wish I could. Is it uh, is it available online? Is this a no way, man? YouTube moment. The magic moment? of the moment. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, all right. I don't think I. Maybe I recorded it. If I did, I don't have the tapes. Well, we gotta have a revival. 
Can yeah, I have I've a French thought toast about it, but it was so elaborate. Okay. Um, I didn't it, see your um, bomb now. I didn't see the one. Yeah, it was based on a true story. My dad told me I was French my whole life. Turns out I'm actually Belgian. Mm-hmm. That is a political thing that we don't need to get into right now about <laughs> Belgium and how they feel about themselves. Um, yeah, that's true. They're very defensive. Yeah. Very defensive. Well, the, f- the language thing is a big issue. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I the whole the storyline of the show is that I apply for the greatest French person in the world award. And then on that journey, I end up finding out that I'm Belgian. But when I find out I'm Belgian, it's like Never Never Land, specifically from the movie Hook. <laughs> so we edited me in Robin Williams' place <laughs> with the Lost Boys and whatnot. And anyway, at the end of it, I end up finding out uh, that I've won the award and then I just can't accept it because now I know it's a lie. So I tell them that I'm actually Belgian and then they want to kill me. And there's a whole fight scene with baguettes as swords. They kill me. I have a very sort of um, old timey stage thing where I'm bleeding blood, but I'm pulling out silk, red silk fabric from my shirt, like as kind of like 3D blood and I'm dying and I'm speaking in French and then the translation's up on the screen, but all of I'm speaking incorrectly. So things like monkey and blood sound the same. So (laughs) instead of like I'm bleeding, it's like I have monkeys coming out of my sides, you know, just some fun jokes. Classic translations. Sure. And then I heal myself with Belgian chocolate. And that's the end of the show. And it was very elaborate. There was a, a dummy of myself that I made. It was really all over the place. It was good. That's classic UCV, though. Yeah. Taking risks. Yep. Mine was more of a, like, a a dramedy. It wasn't a really balls-to-the-walls type of comedy. Mm-hmm. It was like a little play. Multiple walls, by the way. You're just so many walls in there. Yeah. In no. that basement. But, yeah, so I did that. I was on um, As a Diamond Burns. I played Vivian Debouche. And then um, I got on a sketch team... I think also in 2008, uh, it was we were called 27 Kidneys. Then I was on Gramps. 27 Kidneys was the number of kidneys we all had at the time. Someone was missing. Because Robert Delaney, uh, I'm sorry, Michael Delaney was um, coaching us, and he had more kidneys than most because he's had some surgeries, and they just left them in there. Oh, weird. I was going to say that that would be amazing if someone had three as opposed to two. I think he had three. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's so, taking it a step further than the third nipple. It's you know three yeah. kidneys. There's people yeah. out there with just one. But it was great. That was selfish. a great team. They let me play men, and all my teams have been really good. They haven't ever been like, "There's a blonde, pretty girl. Let's make her play a wife." I have mm-hmm. played like Lil Wayne on a hang glider, and like I've done, um, you know, strangers on a train that. Was that classic old black and white movie with guys in? I don't know. I don't know if I know that one. Um, I clearly don't even know it well enough to really explain it. But I've played like men like in the forties talking like this. Sure. Um, and and I've done that. I did that in L.A. actually. So my team in L.A. I came out and then um, uh, I'm on a team called Oh Brother, and we were a mod team for four years. We're still together, but we're all too busy to perform. Mm -hmm. And we are not on mod night, but I've been really lucky. They've all given me really cool, out-of-the-box characters to play. Um, I've played Latino gang members, male. 
That's great. A Latino gang member who's afraid of a ceiling fan is one of my favorite things that I do. It's been that's a great so, journey. That's so specific. Yeah. I love how granular it's getting now. Yeah. Well, I saw a ceiling fan kind of, you know, if they're not screwed in right, they're a little shaky. Mm-hmm. And I brought that to one of our writers, Joe Saunders. I had written like a little two minute bit being like, uh, does that fan look loose to you? <laughs> like really just like worried about it. Um, and we wrote a sketch. The rest is history. He's like trying to speak to his gang about this, uh, this kind of like this heist that's going to go down. But then he keeps getting distracted by the fan. It's funny. I love it. Well, Andre, thank you for the time. Unfortunately, thank we have to you. get out of here. Uh, season two of Angie Tribeca is going to be coming our way. Congratulations yeah, on that. Yeah, June 6th. Mm-hmm. I looked over to the side to make sure Emily's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> sure, close enough. <laughs> she gave you the, the thumbs sideways. Yeah, that, yeah. But it was a pleasure to meet you. Congrats thank on all the success. Much continued success and uh, looking forward to everything else you're doing. Thanks. These days. Cheers. Cheers. All right, that was Andre Vermeulen. I want to thank her so much. The folks over at TBS, uh, all of her people took care of her and uh, delivered her to me, to my hotel. If Like a pizza? It was. <laughs> I, I'm not going to call Andre Vermeulen a pizza, <laughs> but she was delivered to okay. my said location, and, uh, and I was able to rock out and interview there, and it was a lot of fun. She's cool. Everyone check out Angie Tribeca on TBS. Uh, they're, I'm sure they're going to be running a marathon to have everybody catch up. The first yeah. season's they great. They did a really interesting thing and ran a marathon in the first season. Too. Yeah, yeah. They, they aired it all for yep. like three days, it felt yeah. like, every single episode repeatedly. Anyway, it's, it's just a great show. Um, check it out. Uh, and and uh, Ghostbusters, go see it. Don't be a douche. <laughs> and uh, go to laughbutton.com. You can get there by uh, typing thelaughbutton.com into your browser. That's how that works. And hit enter. Oh, That's cool. how all of this works. Oh. Uh, he's at I am Klein Schmidt. I'm at Mark Says Hi. We've got a merch store and uh, selling some uh, selling a ton of shirts, Matt. Yeah, dude. Last week we had a we had a pretty good week of shirt sales. Yeah. We also had a great sale. You missed it. Oh well. Uh, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't go get shirts. No. Don't get don't get left out in the cold. Yeah. slash merch. Go get some merch. Go get some merch. And uh, seriously, download this podcast. Tell your friends to download it. Subscribe to it. Hell, even if you just want to subscribe to it, download it, and don't even play it. I don't think that's right. Get in through the debate. <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> Mark yeah. and I are very opinionated people, if you haven't noticed. And yes, if, if you, how do you feel about Ghostbusters? Hit us up, podcast at thelaughbutton.com. Mm-hmm. I, I want a simple, I don't want to, here's why it sucked. Here's why, I've heard every scenario of every viewpoint of anything ever. You just would have like an animated gif of I, like a dog sniffing poop <laughs> no. or a dog giving flowers to someone. I just want a yes, no. Okay. Are you going to go see Ghostbusters? Email me, podcast at thelaughbutton.com. Just email me. I don't care if you hate it or like it. Are you going to go see it? Because that's the bottom line. Okay. All right. right. Uh, Anything else you want to get off your chest? No, just till next time. You want to talk about another movie? Till next time. No. Till next time. All right. Till next time. time. And we already know who's going to be on the pod next time. Uh, Well, we can't can't tease it. Just till next time. Till next time. Fine. Goodbye.